0: Welcome to Justice Losers, a podcast where we talk about pop culture, media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt. Matt, what should people do?
1: Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Specifically, check out our, you know what I forgot to do? What? Instagram the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. God damn it.
1: <laughs> well, you forgot to remind me, so I'm going to blame you. Fair enough. All right. But I'm going to do it. You're going to remind me, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tonight. I have two things I need to do tonight, and that's going to be one of them. What's the other one? I need to prepare some homework for a chess (laughs) student. (laughs) I'm not going to make that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Uh, No, all right. Uh, Yeah, check out our Instagram, where I'm going to remember to post a picture of the stack of comics I'm supposed to read before Preston finishes reading the stack of comics that's posted on our Instagram that he posted. Yes. Like three weeks ago at this point. And I have
0: not made a single movement towards it. Actually, I added to it. Oh, very good. (laughs) Because the fucking Red Sun trailer came out, so I'm going to reread Red Sun. Oh, yeah.
1: That's right. (laughs) I never finished it. Yep. Yeah. Man, the ending of that one goes completely nuts.
0: Does it really? Yeah, just
1: oh. totally insane.
0: Okay. I figured you're going to be sarcastic about it. No.
1: Like it it goes from normal sort of as grounded as a Superman story can get uh-huh. to just mind-meltingly weird.
0: Yeah, okay, that's uh, I'm 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 willing to give it a much better shot. I don't know why I didn't like it when I read it because it's it's just widely loved.
1: It's. I don't think it's as good as its reputation, uh-huh. but it's very interesting.
0: Okay, I need to try it again. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Matt, what you been up to?
1: Uh, well, I tried to do some more work on that stack of comics. I got about eight pages into another issue of Nightfall Volume Two and just had to set it down. Mm. I'm. It's really a slog right now. Mm. I'm struggling. Um, like. It's a little hard to tell what's going on, so I have to put in a little more focus than the story deserves. Uh-huh. But it doesn't deserve much focus because there's <laughs> nothing going on except John Ball Valley fighting just some like random mobsters and their hired goons.
0: Yeah. Do you ever have to do research <laughs> to find out who people are?
1: I haven't. Like I, kinda did. I haven't mustered up the effort yet. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Um, I forgot to mention this like a month ago when it happened, but I finished reading it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> since we've gotten further away from the release of Chapter Two, I've like it, it's been getting harder for me to realize. I was like, Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Nightfall, and I was like, What? <laughs> Got it.
1: Yeah. Um, child orgy's weird. Yeah. It's it's really weird, and then there's like a turtle. Um. Is the turtle the, the turtle's the turtle? No, the turtle is God. Oh but oh sort of what the turtle also vomited out the universe all right uh yeah it's um this is the most stephen kingy book i think it's super long and it's really good and it's got like really um good three-dimensional kid characters that feel like really real kids but they're likeable and they're interesting in their own way but feel
0: like feel like uh actual kids but they're likeable
1: yeah, pretty nice. much.
0: Nice. Yeah. Kids are the worst.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I love kids. Um. Yeah, it, it 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 just it does a good job of putting you in their head of like they're sort of in this in between space where they they're old enough to kind of have a sense of the grown up approach to the world, but they're young enough that they still want to have fun and use their imaginations. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's it's creative and well done. There's just a really satisfying scene where they build a little dam just to block up a stream. Hmm. Um, but then of course it's got the worst excesses of Stephen King. Like it just goes, it goes a little too far in a couple places. Uh-huh. Re child orgy, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it gets it gets a bit too wrapped up in its own mythology. Gotcha. Um, spends a lot of time just exploring sort of the metaphysics of it and the turtle, yeah. and it doesn't doesn't quite work out. Um, like, and you know, the child orgy would maybe be justifiable if it were even like thematically connected with the story but it's just completely out of left field and it's the whole thing is about childhood imagination has real power to fight sort of this um uh numinous evil Mm -hmm. and so uh by suddenly introducing sex into the equation you kind of destroy that childhood whimsical world um
0: is it is it like visceral and creepy like the sausage party thing, or is it how does he depict a child orgy? Um no I'm not asking for like pleasure. I I am genuinely like, does he spend like a chapter just describing it or like
1: It's it's probably a page and a half, but like so the the story is they go in, they fight it down in the in the um sewer uh-huh. and defeat it. Um and they're basically lost. The sewers are uh, maze under there and it's sort of the it's den is merged into the sewers and it's just this this giant completely pitch black maze. Uh-huh. And uh one of the kids, I think it's Eddie, has just a ridiculous sense of direction and so he's able to navigate him getting there. Yeah. And for some reason his sense of direction breaks. Oh good. Coming back out. And so Beverly, the lone girl, realizes, okay, so the way we're gonna figure our way out is I'm gonna let all of these kids have sex with me one at a time.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: It's so weird.
0: So it's not like an orgy; it's just a... no.
1: It's it's they take turns. Okay. It's still that's
0: not better, but <laughs> no,
1: I I don't know where it came from. Um, maybe there's an argument that it's sort of the apotheosis of like the childhood crush, and sort of the defeating it is the transition into adulthood. But yeah. like the the use of their. Uh, I don't know. There's probably some notes where it makes sense in Stephen King's head, yeah. but like it doesn't work on paper.
0: Okay.
1: Um, that being said, the rest of the book is it comes together really nicely, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a powerful and uplifting story, and yada yada, good stuff.
0: Nice.
1: Yep. Um, also, in our grand effort to rewatch all the Star Wars movies, although we decided we don't have time for Solo, and it's also not connected Thank to the main story. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, I spent the weekend watching the prequels. Or we did,
0: yay! Not not yay. me. We, them we.
1: Uh, yeah, me and Hannah, because she's only seen them seen all of the movies once.
0: I like how I look in front of us whenever I address the audience. Yep. But then I look at you when I'm addressing you, and it doesn't make sense. Not really. Not really, because when I said "them we not me not us we," mm-hmm. I was looking at the audience talking about Matt. Right. But that didn't make sense audially. I'm bad at this. We're at 112 episodes, and I'm bad at this.
1: You're still looking at the audience. I'm
0: still looking at the audience.
1: Uh,
0: Speaking of audience, real quick, Kaylin Baker just messaged me yesterday uh-huh. Uh huh. that she had finally... Uh, I need to turn my goddamn sound off. Yeah, you really do. This, is getting,
1: this is getting to be a problem Jesus. right here. You're fired. Uh,
0: she, she texted me that she... Uh, <laughs> uh, I gave her a shout-out. I forgot I gave her a shout-out on mm-hmm. the Far From Home episode, which is hmm The one that we know about. Oh, being yeah. Plummeting. Far from homing. Um, and – sorry, my phone just is something weird. And she just said that uh, she finally caught – uh... after three months ago, she caught up the podcast, finally caught, the... caught that shout-out in Far From Home. Here I am again going to catch up because my life is chaos and I have no <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> basically, and she said she had a bunch of friends who uh, – listened... she made a bunch of her friends listen to that episode. Hey. So – I'm giving her a shout out in on this one. All right, and Way as you just pointed out, she just—I just messaged her, uh, more like a um, a calling out for being so far behind. Yeah, but also like, I mean, most of the people that listen to our episodes are catching up. Yep. Like Nick Sayuntas is still working on it. Yep. He uh he messaged me a while ago and like uh he got to the Infinity War. I think we were talking about Infinity War theories, mm. and I was like, "Oh no, I think it was the, end of the Infinity War." And I said uh, about our theory about how everyone is actually dead, mm-hmm. and he was just like, he commented on that. Like, he's <laughs> catching up. He's getting there. It's, okay. He's only yeah, making progress. Okay.
1: Very good. Very but,
0: good. Yeah. No. So calling her out, uh, and that just means more people are going to listen to this episode. So.
1: Ha ha ha! Tell a friend
0: you know, you they're gonna listen to this episode <laughs> this is the episode that you get to talk about your favorite thing ever
1: <laughs> but first i get to talk about the prequels
0: yes sorry i just hijacked them. <laughs>
1: um yeah uh let's do them one at a time phantom menace is a disaster i'm sorry to tell you but
0: there's good moments are there we've uh,
1: okay upon rewatching it the pod race is entirely watchable, though not without its flaws.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Duel of the Fates isn't terrible, mm-hmm. but it's like maybe top five best lightsaber fights in the series. Okay. It's it's. I
0: mean, that, those are the only two that I was thinking of. Yeah. Like, because we talked, we've talked about it before forever ago. How mm-hmm. Pod racing the Pod scene. Yes, it's kind of exciting, but it, uh, vaguely. Mm-hmm. But it's also a great scene for character development of multiple of the characters. Right. Like, both establishing how good Anakin really is as a pilot. Right. Being able to adapt at... Presumably 600 miles an hour or something that's, like that That's
1: about exactly right actually. Uh, I had a little it, I had a little like Star Wars book when I was young and his pod racer tops out at just over 600 miles an
0: hour. Oh my God <laughs> I am amazing. Uh, so at about 600 miles an hour he's able to adapt to his thing literally because like if a wheel, if your axle on your car just like detaches mm-hmm. you're, you're fucked. yeah and that's basically what happened to him mm-hmm. and he adjusted and fixed it mm-hmm. on the fly. And that's really impressive as a pilot. What yeah. so establishes that? It establishes Qui-Gon being a little sleazy with fairness.
1: He's <laughs> he, he's actually, he's a, my, my big point about this movie is that it feels like the first draft of what should have been a good Star Wars movie.
0: That's an interesting observation.
1: Um, they hadn't figured out who the main character was yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hadn't really figured out the direction of the plot. There's a lot of things that you see and you're like, Okay, I kinda see what the idea is there, it needs to be resolved. So Qui-Gon, for example, he's sort of the perfect example of what the Jedi are supposed to be like in the prequels. Mm -hmm. They're the good guys. Wise you like them, they're wise, they're calm.
0: And are also shit up.
1: They're also a little <laughs> bit manipulative. They're yeah. willing to bend the rules. They're a little sketchy, a little too arrogant, almost. So,
0: here's the thing. Uh, j- jumping into Star Wars lore, I'm going to try to do it as fast as I can. Okay. Uh, so, there's a there's a realization that the color of your lightsaber reflects what kind of Jedi you are. Mm-hmm. Blue lightsabers tend to... Uh, so, the kyber crystals start clear, or white. Mm-hmm. And they change based on who claims them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or who they claim, really. mm mm-hmm. uh, Blue lightsabers mean that they're a much better fighter, which is why you get such a badass uh, Battle of the Heroes fight. Uh, and then Obi-Wan beating... Uh, so, like Anyone who's got mm-hmm. a blue lightsaber is a better fighter. Coyote Mundi's one of the most terrifying people to fight. Like mm-hmm. The clones, fun fact, waited like a few weeks after Order 66 to kill him. Oh. Because they needed to make sure they had the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Just killing him right off the bat, especially with him being on edge because he can feel it, the clones were not about to risk that. Like, the guy called Palpatine and was like, Hey, rain check, motherfucker. <laughs> we're not going to die. Which is, and, and you see it, he picks off, like, half of the guys before one lands a blow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, green lightsabers are more in tune with the Force in a wise sense, which is why you got Yoda. Yoda, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. Yeah. And so... And Kit Fisto. And Kid Fisto, who... If you've... I've... I've the, I read the, sino- the 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 synopsis, or I read the novelization of when Palpatine kills those five guy or the four guys. Mm-hmm. So much more brutal in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, they describe Kit Fisto's severed head explicitly. Um, nice, but uh, Qui Gon, excuse me, manipulates that dice, mm-hmm. and I think to me, I'm reading that. He's. I just ate, so I'm burping up a fuck ton. Yep. Um, he's using the force to do that because he he's more in tune to the force, and he knows that the force needs Anakin to win this. Mm-hmm. The force doesn't control everything. I think of the force has a will, mm-hmm. like it's like the ring, but it needs the Jedi to carry it out. Okay. And it can. Uh, I don't know. I, I, this is something my own personal uh interpretation of that of that happening. Uh, similar to my real-life interpretation, that I think angels do exist, okay. and there are a couple angels every once in a while. Like, mm-hmm. very rare. Like, because I think that sometimes God looks at the world and needs to, like, you know, maybe some, some course correction is <laughs>
1: needed. Just a little nudge right um, here. Yeah. So,
0: you hear, like, the old lady that just like, oh, an angel, like, paid for my food or something like that. Mm-hmm. That person could have literally been a fucking angel that didn't actually exist anywhere else. Yeah. Just was there to go shopping and then pay or something. Yeah. Um, maybe Hitler was an angel. Because doing the Holocaust kind of taught everyone, hey! <laughs> war crimes! <laughs> and the world is well, that was about to be a very controversial statement. Let's let's not The world has learned a lot from the Holocaust. <laughs> America maybe less some. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But that's kind of my interpretation of that. So it's a it's a if if my interpretation is valid, that's a scene where you see how the Force works through the wisest of the Jedi mm-hmm. to manipulate what's going on.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: And then Obi Wan's just kind of being a little twat on the
1: airplane. He's basically useless in this one. <laughs> um,
0: Love you, McGregor, but that's not his movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jar Jar, of course, is a major problem with that. Who? Right. It. It's. It, imagine how much movie worse this movie would have been if they introduced like a CGI slapstick. Comedy character that's only funny for the four-year-olds.
0: Oh, that would be horrible. Yeah, that'd make it a... Imagine if the, he was like one of like a race,
1: mm-hmm. and there was just
0: like a whole fuck ton of you and they were like underwater or some shit. Yeah, like there was just like the whole Atlantis shit.
1: Oh man, God!
0: <laughs> oh, like the leader was some fat fuck that just like <laughs> screamed at everyone,
1: and like, <laughs> Brr, oh, spittle flying gross. everywhere. Gross. Uh, yep.
0: It's not a good movie.
1: <laughs> it's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gunkins
1: Oh man no it's 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 really an actual just bad movie. There's mm-hmm. you see the threads of what should have been pulled together into something good. It's a
0: movie that's better in retrospect.
1: Yeah, um, I want to do at some point after episode nine, a series of episodes, probably a trilogy of episodes rewriting the Star Wars movies okay. just to try to fix all the problems that people have with all of them. yeah, because that'll go well, but this one's gonna need pretty much a ground up rewrite, I yeah. think um they should have aged up Anakin about five years mm-hmm. then they could have got merged, merged some more character development because he's basically just a non-factor in this yeah he there's so little actual development of the actual plot
0: we we, we should evaluate or uh, elaborate on this more but i think it would be really interesting to have him be a 15 yeah no so like five years like yeah 15, 16 because that's a, that's when i moved mm-hmm. to oklahoma and 1560 is a terrible time to fucking move. Yeah. So imagine that scaled up to 38 orders of magnitudes more, where you're literally being taken away from your mother to learn that you're the chosen one. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I want to do a whole like fleshed out episode when I've had the time to think about this, but mm-hmm. yeah, I have I have some some ideas. Cool. Attack of the Clones. The lows are lower than anywhere else in the series, uh-huh. but it actually kind of has a, a movie shape there's a plot there's characters cool (laughs) it's um check one (laughs) it's it's bad but it feels more like a second draft that accidentally got filmed rather than the first draft um so there's still some plot things that don't make a whole lot of sense obi-wan basically coincidences his way around the galaxy stumbling upon the enemy's master plan yeah um there's a lot of the the whole romance should have been completely rewritten from the ground up by someone who actually knows how humans talk.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> There's a reason
0: George Lucas is divorced.
1: I bet he said that, that shit dark. to his wife.
0: I don't like sand. And she just goes, Just sign the fucking divorce paper.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I've been making that joke for a while.
1: Yep. Yeah. That being said, the the basic structure of the movie actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of mystery that ends up being a plot to instigate a war that would give the Chancellor more powers. That makes sense. Obi-Wan is sort of doing the detective work trying to track that down. There's some things that are almost kind of hinted towards noir sensibilities, yeah. um, just very vaguely uh and then having the anakin padme romance blossom makes sense it just again when we do the full rewriting this trilogy i have ideas for how that should have been done better mm-hmm. um uh, beyond just change the dialogue just anything but that
0: yeah literally all oh now. gosh <laughs>
1: it's um yeah hannah was in tears laughing at the <laughs> sand scene <laughs> uh, it's so bad. uh um uh, yeah, and the final battle is mostly just CGI nonsense. Yeah. Um, and Yoda doing flips is the worst thing they could have done to that character.
0: Okay, so I, I think I mentioned this last time. Yoda is actually a master of the form of lightsaber dueling that is ac- acrobatic.
1: I don't care. It <laughs> ruins the character. Because l- looking at his character from Empire and Return... That's not a guy that even cares about lightsabers. Yeah, they completely rewrote how the Jedi work in order to get a flashy CGI action scene out of them, yeah. and it's very unsatisfying and it really cheapens the character. I think All right. so. Attack of the Clones is a bad movie, but it actually feels like a movie. So cool. That's something. It's you know it's got pacing. Yeah, I I didn't get half an hour in and be like, there's still an hour and a half of this. Yeah, I got cool. half hour in. And it's like oh, more half hour in. Okay. Yeah. Um, Revenge of the Sith is as good as I remember. Good. It's, I think it's better than Return of the Jedi. Um, okay. It's certainly not perfect. It suffers from a lot of the prequel problems. Mm-hmm. The The one that keeps getting me is the battle droids all of a sudden just get all turned into Jar Jars.
0: <laughs> yeah, they get all really snarky and shit.
1: Yeah, they're snarky and they're super clumsy and yeah. very dumb. Um, and it's... Uh, they're, not, they're no longer even remotely useful villains. I
0: think I have seen somewhere... I could entirely be wrong. This could be headcanon. That... During the Clone Wars... Since Palpatine had control of both the Separatists and the clones... Mm-hmm. What they were actually doing is he wanted to make sure that the clones won. Mm-hmm. So part of that was actually reducing the quality of the programming in the droids. Mm-hmm. So once the clones were introduced the droid production actually started plummeting. Like, he actually made the droids dumber. Okay. I think that could be headcanon, that could be something I've read somewhere, but that could explain why they're suddenly just like, "Ah!"
1: (laughs) like when the elevator's rushing up and they're just like looking over the edge at it, Uh uh-oh, and then it hits them both. Yeah. That's like the worst thing.
0: They're a lot dumber now because he wants to ensure that the Republic wins.
1: Yeah, and okay, I would like that if I had some sort of scene in the movie explaining that. Oh,
0: yeah, no, I think it it could be something that's in the Clone Wars, the show, mm-hmm. which does a lot to fill gaps. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, if you're interested, if, if you think there's plot holes between uh, Attack of the Clones and Virginia the Sith, mm-hmm. watch Clone Wars because that does fill in a lot. Okay. It also does the most to develop Anakin's decline into the dark side. Mm hmm. Does some really. Have you even seen. I haven't seen any of it. Does some really cool shit where, like, there's this guy uh, who starts kissing Padme Mm -hmm. and he goes fucking ape shit. And Mm -hmm. he, like, runs up and starts beating the living So, Like, Force chokes him Mm -hmm. and, like, starts beating the crap out of him. And the guy goes for a punch and he, like, and Anakin punches back with this metal with this oh. arm and it's just like clang and you're like ah it's such a good scene and it's it, you start hearing the imperial march behind okay and it does a lot of really interesting developments of anakin and also introduces where the fuck he got that scar ah that is backwards on the cover
1: yep <laughs> uh <laughs>
0: yeah, no saw. So i recommend watching the clone wars because that might help i fill in yeah the gaps. I,
1: I should get into that um so yeah it, it has its problems um but it's Fast-paced and exciting for the uh-huh. most part. The opening battle is
0: a lot that's of... That's a great space battle. There's
1: a lot of dumb CGI and just kind of noise and nonsense, but that space battle is pretty well put together. Yeah, there's it, geography. There's stakes. It's, we,
0: the, it's the epitome. It's, it's the, the peak of Anakin being a, a skilled fighter. Yeah,
1: and it, it's a likable version of Anakin. Yeah, And that's good. It all climaxes up with the him killing Dooku with the do it. Which, not not, not great. Um, Although the line comes back, he is too dangerous to
0: be kept alive. Yes, yeah.
1: that's important, and I, I think the scene had to be there in one form or another. <gasps> Guess what? We'll talk about how to fix that with our rewrites. Yay! Um, and the 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 very next scene is Adme meets Adme meets Panikin. What? <laughs> I Anakin. love it. Anakin meets Padme. No, they're
0: officially Adman Panicking.
1: <laughs> Adman Panickin meet, and they're kind of in secret. And she tells him he's pregnant, and that's that's a that's a pretty good scene. There's some actual like emotions and some real acting right there.
0: You see him go through about eight different emotions. It's a and it's the exact eight emotions that you would go through if you got someone pregnant when you should not be in love at all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. You know, Hayden Christensen can actually do a little bit of acting. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's good it it works out
0: and no, i don't know from experience those emotions shut up i don't want to hear it. i don't want i don't want that to show up in the comments in five years when people start listening to these
1: uh and then of course there's the stupid only because i'm so in love with you scene oh,
0: no! which my favorite scene of the world
1: has the benefit of being really short at least it's yes. like 30 seconds and done and then it's 30 seconds and then it starts actually motivating Anakin's decline a little bit mm-hmm. by putting him in the exact same position he was with with his mother, like having a, a portent of doom that he now knows those things will come true, yeah. and so that puts him in kind of a desperate position.
0: One scene I always forget is the conversation between Obi Wan and Padme. Which one? Is there are more than one.
1: There's a couple.
0: The one where he like he's asking Pad basically the one where he like concretes like. It, he's the father, isn't he? Yeah, that's a good scene. That's a good scene. That's some. That's when Nat, some, some Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor, I, N- and McGregor, and Yaddle, Yaddley Portman, Yutley Portman. <laughs> <laughs> that's some acting for them.
1: Yeah. Um. Speaking of acting, the the silent sunset scene where Anakin <gasps> and Padme look at each other.
0: Padme's ruminations. Ooh. is such a great tra- that, track.
1: That that would have been a a decent scene with. Generic music behind it. John Williams kills it. Oh, so good. He kills it on the execute order sixty six scene. Yep. that one is brutal yep. with his score. Yep. Um, Especially
0: when you think about the fact that several time jumps because the Coyote Moon defect.
1: I don't like that fact. I don't think it's canon.
0: It's officially canon. It is. Yeah. It, uh, it's. I'm not gonna try to remember the source from it, but it, okay. it's, it's official canon that that happened. Okay. Because the Jedi – like, Order 66 didn't have – contrary to what people think from the movie, Mm -hmm. Order 66 didn't happen in the span of about two hours. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Order 66, like, the bulk of it, it was like a bell curve Mm -hmm. where, like, there was a delay, then it happened. Like, we saw the big ones get killed. Right. But, like – there's a lot of Jedi out there. yeah The time it took to track down and murder all the like if you're talking about all the Jedi it never actually finished cuz mm-hmm. uh but like to the kind of the conclusion quote unquote of right. order 66 was like 3 years. Okay. It was a long time to find everyone. Mm-hmm. Um but like they got, they got a lot of them kind of right off the bat, but stuff like Kylo Ren, like that that's canon that it, it's a retconned canon. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something that George Lucas thought of because George okay. Lucas didn't think of the quality of all the different Jedi. Like, if, if you look at George Lucas' movies, all the Jedi on the Jedi Order are the exact fucking same. They just look different. Pretty much. But if you actually look in like, lore and canon and stuff like that, they're all very viscerally different kind of people. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and then Anakin murders some younglings, which... Yeah. It, it was what must be done. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, there was... Man, it's really interesting to see... I would get spent forever on this. I, I need to stop sidetracking. Uh, it's really interesting to see what the lore is behind all the extras mm-hmm. that are in that scene. Like, um, the guy that you see him kill in the uh, in one of the surveillance footage things... Is the tr- the the guy who's the biggest expert on all of the fighting styles, mm-hmm. who like who teaches them and ha- like wrote a book on them, and you can mm-hmm. actually read the book. Oh, um, like they're... Lucas Arts has done a lot to like fill out the Star Wars lore. Yeah, and they make the movies a lot more interesting <laughs> <laughs> when you know these things. Yeah, because when you're watching *Coyote* Moody, yeah, he just like picks off a couple, but when you think about the fact that they bottlenecked him. In the mm-hmm. middle of a fight when he's focused on other things, that's a lot more interesting because that's the only time they could have fucking done it. Yeah. Like doing what they did to Ala Sakura would not have worked on him. Right. You know who Ala Sakura is, right? Yeah, she's the
1: the greenish the one, one with the
0: Yeah, before she, she didn't even get to draw. She just kinda flops. <laughs> yeah. Like he like there's a hesitation there and that's what they needed. Where mm-hmm. he stopped, turned around. Cause he felt it like when they stopped, that was when he started feeling like yeah. everything's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh no. That's what it was. Cause he felt in, the, he felt their minds. Mm-hmm. He felt their minds shift and he felt their hesitation. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, why are you hesitating? Turned around and goes, not good. <laughs>
1: yeah. The, and man, just the look on his face when he turns around, that's a good moment yeah. right there. It's face acting from a no name actor covered in, in makeup. Yep. So that's.
0: And having a second head. Yep. That's a heart, isn't
1: it? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. man, i can't side We're like 30 minutes. Yeah. Only we're watching it up to.
1: <laughs> um, and the the ending kind of goes off the rails. It's just he wanted it to be the biggest and most epic thing possible, and mm-hmm. it just kind of becomes noise. Mm-hmm. Um, the duel of the heroes is it's a great track, not a great fight. Yeah. It's just way too long and way too over the top yeah. and. Doesn't really work, and then the Emperor fighting Yoda again. I don't need to see the Yoda and the Emperor flipping. They're not. They're not yeah. supposed to be those kinds of characters. Yeah.
0: I like the uh, the the idea of like a battle of the wits when it comes to the Force. Yeah, like kind of the early Yoda Dooku, that was kind of cool. Where it was just mm-hmm. like, just show us some of that. Yeah, or like hell. I know it's a little too intelligent for George Lucas, but have them sit down and just talk. Can you Mm -hmm. imagine that dichotomy between – or that juxtaposition of Anakin and Obi-Wan flipping and forcing and murdering and death Mm -hmm. and everything and lava? And then the two of them sitting there going, why? And just like talking Mm -hmm. and like also trying to manipulate each other into what Mm -hmm. they want. like
1: Maybe occasionally dropping things on each other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like Yoda just really discreetly just kind of pulls his chair out pulls his chair out from under him.
1: <laughs> you just see
0: Yoda's ears just like, whoops, your ears kind of go up in a smile. Just, <laughs> just kind of uh, a
1: Yoda does have a sense of humor. Yeah. He actually has quite a bit of a sense of humor if you watch the movies that treat him right.
0: You're talking about like the. I'm talking about five, more, six, and eight. That's more senility than anything. <laughs> 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 senility? Senileness? Nihility... Penilness. penileness that's yoda's penileness we're moving on now <laughs> yes we are
1: uh <laughs> yeah um no revenge of the sith revenge of the sith feels like a rough final draft where they haven't really shaved down the edges yeah. and fixed all of the problems there's
0: like some typos and
1: it's yeah it's it's an exciting movie it's a movie that has a coherent vision and sets out to achieve that vision it's not perfect. Part of the problem is it has to do a lot of the emotional and thematic heavy lifting of the entire trilogy because mm-hmm. Phantom Menace was basically a wasted movie and yeah. attack of the clones at least tried to do something right, but was having to start from the ground up. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's as good as it was going to be. And I think, I think it's definitely better than return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the final climax of return of the Jedi with the, the fight in the throne room and Luke rejecting the dark side is man chills. Absolutely great. Higher than anything. Revenge of the Sith hits, but revenge of the Sith has got pacing and excitement and it's got plenty of good iconic moments of its own yep. and it's got some dumb stuff, but return of the Jedi does too. So yep. I, I would definitively set revenge of the Sith, above return of the Jedi. All right. Fight me. Hot take.
0: Moving on. What's Moving next? on. Uh,
1: that's all I've been up to. Oh.
0: Uh, Actually,
1: that's not true. I'm caught up on the Mandalorian still, through episode six.
0: Ye- w- what happened in episode
1: six? Uh, he got together with a ragtag group of heroes, and then tried to orchestrate a prison break. Natalia, I've not Tano. seen that one yet. Oh
0: shit! I'm it's I liked it. I liked okay. it quite a bit. Is Probably it still because episodic?
1: it's very. But I liked this episode. Right. It's, it um, it felt like a forty minute episode of the version of batman you want
0: okay cool i'm down i'll watch it tonight yeah um i've done pretty jack shit uh it's (laughs) friday was my last it was it's been finals week and -hmm. i've been working and doing finals but uh i played like i okay i'm done with homework and tests forever Well, not really. Not test. I have my FE to take. Right. Uh, But I'm pretty much done. And it's so weird because every time – every on Saturday, I was like, I have things to do. (gasps) No, I don't. (laughs) Um, So I've been reading – not reading. I read – nope, didn't read. There were several times that I sat down with my book to read Mm -hmm. and then got on my phone because I'm an idiot. Um, uh, I've been playing a little bit of Civ. Uh, I started playing Civ six. Because I mm-hmm. felt like I should just jump to the next one. Okay. i have been trying to play Civ Five until I win, so I really. But I understand like the concepts enough that I went mm. to Civ Six. Not as good. If um. I could get Civ Five gameplay with Civ Six graphics, then I'd be really happy. Because mm-hmm. um, Civ Five gameplay just makes a lot more sense. Um, so I actually went back to Civ Five. Okay. Um, I have yet to win. Hmm. And by that I mean I have yet to finish a game. <laughs> Like, it's just, it, I don't know. I feel like it takes a little too long to win. hmm Like, I'm, so for, for culture wins, which is what I do, I'm just like the guy that likes to collect art. Mm-hmm. Um, You, all the others, you have an effect, you have a cultural effect on everyone else. And you start, it goes unknown, exotic, popular, influential, influential. And, like, I can't remember what the last one is. Uh, I think, no, I think Influential is the last one. Okay. Like, you become Influential. Uh, there might be another one that's, like, you, you, you get that. And you need that last one with everyone. Mm-hmm. And I get to Influential on almost all of them, maybe Popular on one. And then I get, like, <clears throat> that last one on two or three. Mm-hmm. But, like, it just, I never finish it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm always almost there. And I'm the kind of person that likes to start from the ground up. I will always, whenever I sit down to play Civ Five, I start from the beginning. Yeah. I will always restart because I like that. I don't like going in where it's mostly built and I have to re-figure out what the fuck I'm doing. Right. Like, I get in a roll and I'm going. Yeah. Um, so, I might, like, this weekend, like, maybe Saturday or something, just sit down and play a full game. Like, force myself to play a full game. All right. Um, but... Then I started playing Seven Days to Die again because there's, uh, they released Alpha 18, which changed a lot of things. Um, I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos, continuing my Star Wars just rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Oh wait, yeah. did I? Did I really not do anything since last time we recorded? Maybe not. Wow, what the fuck? You got oh, some. um, I watched. I watched Drive again. That's
1: right. You're we gonna, talked you're about this. We were talking about this, yeah.
0: Top ten movies, maybe top five, depending. Okay. Um, I'm not going to shut up this. So I watched it high, which I rarely, rarely, like, I don't get high. I think that's mm-hmm. the first time I've ever been high. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is drinking. Apparently, I get really good at being a movie critic, like, and noticing tiny things. Okay. Like, you know, like, when I noticed the, um, the poster the one at the dog the yeah, off dog and Men. poster. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But like on steroids when I'm high. Okay. Like I notice all this tiny shit. Drive is such a good movie, and Matt or Andrew and I are so mad that you don't like that movie. I don't hate it. But like as much as you should. Everyone should love that movie more. <laughs> it's such a good movie. If you say so. Alright. Um
1: I should probably rewatch it. It's been maybe four years. Oh but, yeah. You should re-watch um it. I don't know. I just I recall it being more style than substance for me.
0: That's fair. And I really like style. I like it when there's like a style to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the watch watched that and then I also watched Rebel Without a Cause.
1: Oh. How's that? Have you seen it? No.
0: Oh, it's uh I don't know. It's it's the first of anything like it that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't seen very many old movies. I've seen 12 Angry Men, stuff like that. This, so this is, is a 1954 movie.
1: This is true. You with, don't know how to watch old movies. Yeah, yet.
0: and it's it's very, like, if they tried to do A Rebel Without a Cause now, it would just be an annoying, angsty teenager. Yeah. But, like, he's, well, he first was, of all, he's 22 like, or something, 23, right. when he filmed. Uh, not as bad as Tobey Maguire, but <laughs> still older than what he should be. Yep. But he's, like, a high schooler. He's, like, new... And it's, it's good. It, but the there's one thing that Andrew and I just really went to town on that. So spoilers, I, I guess the movie's care. been out for literally 70 years, 75. No, it's, it's not 29. It's, it's 19, <laughs> 65 years. There we go. So 70 years. Almost. If you um, round up. If you round up. Uh, 69 years. Um. Nice. So basically what happens is, if we gotta, I gotta think back and remember, um, there's this new guy, uh, it's, he's going to a new school, his parents, he, he's not great at making friends, and his parents keep moving him around because he's bad at making friends and he gets in fights. Mm. So he moved to this new place, there's a really cute girl across the street, and he tries to get her attention when they're like walking down the, the kind of the, uh, walkway, uh, and, or way I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. And she, like, kind of, like, reciprocates, like, interesting right. And then, like, the classic 1950s convertible car comes up with, like, 48 <laughs> greasers sitting in it. And she, like, gets in and there's, like, the guy that kisses her and, like, so yeah. obviously is her boyfriend. And, like, they're all, you know, it's the classic 50s shit. Yeah. That, like, these are the bullies and stuff. yeah, um, And later... He does something that pisses off the boyfriend and his whole gang of greasers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they get in a fight, uh, a knife fight. And he's like, they're actually trying to kill each other. I'm like, holy shit, the 50s were nuts. (laughs) 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 I'd hate to be in high school in the 50s. Uh, Like, they're actually (laughs) knives and they're trying to stab each other. But they decide Uh. the best way to prove that – they're calling him a chicken. And apparently mm-hmm. the last time he got in a fight was because someone called him a chicken. And the reason he doesn't like being called a chicken is because his dad is a giant fucking pansy. His mom just, like, abuses him. Okay. And, like, there's a, there's a really interesting, interesting scene of his dad, like, in an apron. And he's, like, bringing food to his mom and trips. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he, the son comes up and he's like, dad, get up. Like, stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. Uh, you know, 50s toxic masculinity. And kind of going, like. Hey, look, it's bad to not be a toxic, to- a toxic masculine man. Words. Um, Something. <laughs> but, so basically he hates being called a chicken. And so they decided they were going to have a competition to see who was not a chicken. Okay. And so what they did is they lined up two cars. They got two shit cars. Their friends found two shit cars. Mm-hmm. And they went to a bluffs. I just punched my the mic. They went to the bluffs. Okay. And the competition was to drive off the cliff. And the last person to jump out of the car is the braver one. Is the more is the more courageous one.
1: 50s were nuts.
0: 50s were nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what happens? The bully sleeve gets caught on the door and goes off the edge and dies. The second half of the movie, that's to, that's actually so act 3 mm-hmm. is the kid, the main character, the guy's girlfriend who is now super sad, and this really creepy kid that apparently shot a dog and is just kind of, like, okay. Like, it's just... This all happens in one day, by the way. Oh. Like, new new school goes in, drives the car, dude goes off. Uh, the first scene is, like, in a police station where a uh, kid's in a fight. Uh, a kid, uh, the main character, is drunk and got in a fight. Mm-hmm. The girl... Uh, Apparently, uh, her dad. She is trying to get her dad's affection, but her dad. From what I got, I wasn't paying attention a whole bunch of attention. Her dad went a little too far. Oh, and then like she was trying to like get that. The rest of the movies, like it was just like an affection from her parents. Mm -hmm. So some really uncomfortable shit with that Mm -hmm. one. Um, And then the this other kid who shot a fucking dog. And where did he get the gun? Mm -hmm. Um, So throughout the day, this kid, this kid that shot the dog shot a dog, and they kind of just went over it. <laughs> the 50s were nuts.
1: <laughs> 50s were nuts. I think that's the moral here. <laughs>
0: uh, he's trying to be the main character's friend. The whole uh, time. Okay. And kind of works. Uh, the main character, I can't remember his name, uh, sees him as, like, a best friend now after one day, that and he's just been kind of weirdly stalking him. So it's the three of them running away, like, trying to stay away from the cops. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they actually break into this... Uh, abandoned house that the kid that shot a dog. Uh, I'm just gonna keep saying it. he shot a fucking dog, and they never address it the rest of the movie, um, except for the fact that he the kid gets a gets the gun again and oh. runs down runs and ta- and leads the two of them down to this abandoned house, and the police try to find them, and uh, they shoot one of the police. Oh good. injuring him mm-hmm. definitely looked like a death scene because mm-hmm. he did like the whole like godfather ah, ah, falling down the stairs, but mm-hmm. he was just injured, they said later. Um, and so like they surround the house and all of their parents. so like uh, the kid who shot a dog's parents were gone. like mm-hmm. just didn't exist. It was his uh, maid that took care of him uh-huh. uh, So his his maid, uh, the bully uh, or like the, the main character's parents. And the girl who apparently wants to have sex with their dad's parents were there, um, and they're all like, police, stop aiming, please! Like, just let him come out." And so they came out, and they knew that the kid who shot a dog had a gun. Mm-hmm. So, he, uh, <clears throat> um, what actually happened was, uh, during the during the, being in the house, the main character takes gets the gun, unloads it, mm-hmm. and doesn't check the barrel. I thought that was going to come back, uh, but I think that just wasn't a thing yet in yeah. movies. Um, but takes the magazine out mm-hmm. And and the kid gets it back So like uh, When The kid comes out He like comes out with his hands up He like has the gun in his hands And the police fucking shoot him And kill him
1: <laughs> Okay
0: The 50s were nuts <laughs> And then the movie's over Okay <laughs> It's a really interesting movie, but, oh, the the most fun thing is the fact that she is all the way in love with this guy. Hours after her boyfriend drove off a fucking cliff. (laughs) Girl, take a break. (laughs) 50s were nuts.
1: 50s. We're nuts.
0: I need to watch... We need to do an episode on the 50s. We need to do a decades episode since we're doing, like, the the 2010s. Yeah. We need to do a decades thing and just watch a whole bunch of 50s movies and just be like, the 50s were fucking nuts. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Watch that. That's all I've been up to. All right. We're at, like, 45 minutes. We
1: better do some news real quick.
0: Oh, my God. Wow. I... When I said we're at 30 minutes earlier, we were at 29 minutes and like... 53 seconds mm-hmm. this time we're at 45 minutes and 15 seconds
1: you're pretty good at this i'm really good at this <laughs> <laughs> we're the best podcasters we're
0: the best podcasters uh what other what news has happened uh, a couple of we got a red sun trailer which yeah it shows what's gonna happen basically
1: we're gonna get red sun um we got a new trailer for top gun maverick um Lovely. Yeah.
0: Oh, God, that water didn't go down very well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. I did not see it. Um, Probably don't need to right no, now. Yeah. It's not. It, it's it's happening. Um, cool. It doesn't look like it's going to be great. Yeah. Maybe it is. will be, but it doesn't look promising. Uh, we got a new trailer for Onward, the new Pixar oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm also a little worried about this one now.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I was not like overly optimistic of it early
1: on yeah i i kind of like the concept magical world i like chris pratt i like tom holland um i usually a good a good way to tell if this sort of movie is going to be good is how well the jokes in the trailer land oh uh,
0: yeah and they put the funniest jokes in the trailer and if the <laughs> jokes in the trailer aren't funny the mm. jokes in the movie aren't gonna be-
1: Funny. yeah and if the jokes in the movie aren't funny then it's a little iffy whether or not the rest of the movie will come together with something like this yeah. like um uh Zootopia the the sloth joke that they put in all the trailers that's good yeah. that landed that was pretty funny mm-hmm. I mean you see it a hundred times and it kind of wears off yeah but it was funny and it spoke to the fact that that was actually a movie that was pretty well written yeah I are you very well written yeah it's a great movie check it out yeah, you, Zootopia you, you like that movie. I really like that movie uh but I don't know. Take the the Adams Family remake, where there were a whole bunch of jokes that not even any of the kids in the theater when I watched it laughed at. Yeah. No one saw that movie, and it got bad reviews. Yeah. It, you can tell why. Yeah. And so this one, a lot of the jokes kind of missed. Um, I'm just a little concerned yeah. about about that. It it looks like it's trending towards Pixar miss rather than Pixar hit. Yeah.
0: I uh I saw the uh, relatively new trailer of um, spy into Dis- spies in disguise. Mm-hmm. They totally spoil how the movie ends. Oh, like they show like the last scene, basically like the last. I'm assuming is gonna be the last frame. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Will Smith's character like landing. You don't see him turning from a pigeon, but you see him turning from something, and his bow tie is lit up and like fades. Oh, so i'm assu- I'm assuming at the end of the movie they're going to get him turned back in and then tom holland's character is going to find a way to make a bow tie that just turns him into a pigeon on command okay great got cool. that story don't need to go see it
1: yeah um hmm, what are the news uh tenant has a twitter account does it yeah and they posted a gif of the word tenant rotating and i am so hyped when's that coming <laughs> uh july 17th
0: oh that's so much time yeah that's so far away yeah
1: so we will probably not get a trailer until i don't know isn't there some sort of
0: i have no idea dude (laughs) i i have no
1: idea like it's it's is it warner brothers um i don't know
0: yes yes it's warner brothers but there's
1: not like a big warner brothers coming out before then so yeah um yeah i don't know uh that's hyped hyped me up just because tenet i want to see it uh speaking of tenet the you know how they did that thing where they released a short trailer before a movie but it was only in theaters Uh quiet place 2 just did that yep with black christmas Which, I'm going to refuse to see Black Christmas on principle, Mm -hmm. because it looks like a bad remake of a movie that I hold in very high esteem. Yeah. So, I don't know if I can bring myself to buy a ticket and just watch the trailers and walk out.
0: Yeah, that's a little expensive or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, We'll get a trailer for this one eventually. Yeah. And I'm probably less excited for Quiet Place 2 than I am for Tenet. Yeah. As much as I loved the first one. Yeah. Uh, Shazam Two has a release date.
0: Oh shit! Sweet.
1: Uh, April twenty
0: twenty two. Cool. We get to see Mister Mind.
1: Woo! The genius
0: alien fucking caterpillar. <laughs> it's a worm, but it's a caterpillar. Um, couple couple things for me. Uh, they they announced the new Xbox. Yep. What The fuck Microsoft?
1: Why box? Have you seen it? No.
0: It's it's a it's a rectangle. It's mm-hmm. not the shape of a console. Imagine an echo, but it's square. It's oh. tall.
1: So like a like a skyscraper? Yeah. Like it's a rectangular like a prism. Yeah. Weird. Standing up. Weird.
0: It's so weird. And it's not gonna fit fucking anywhere. I don't like that. <laughs> it's not gonna fit on anything. Mm. Um they also uh, Reportedly, or was that official? Uh, Reportedly, uh, the Lord of the Rings series uh, just cast a young Galadriel.
1: Oh, so interesting. We're gonna see some.
0: I'm hoping to God that's the only name we know that's gonna be in the show. Because once they start going like Galadriel, Elrond, like everyone, like don't fucking bring in a young Gandalf for the love of God.
1: It's not really how he works, I don't think. Huh? I don't think that's how Gandalf works.
0: Well, uh, don't bring in a Gandalf. You, they have to de age Ian McKellen a little bit yeah. to make him the same age as he was. In, but, we,
1: don't, we don't need that. Um, Do you know who they cast?
0: Uh, it looked like a picture from Housemaid's Tale. Uh, not. Um, Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale? Handmaid's Tale. Uh, da, 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 Morf- f- what? Morphid Clark?
1: Morph.
0: M O R F Y D D.
1: That's a Welsh name?
0: <laughs> Clark. Uh, his dark materials.
1: Okay, uh, I think I recognize the face. Um,
0: yeah, she yeah, was yeah, in. Yeah. So that's the thing. Okay, uh, reportedly.
1: Yep, she is not in *Handmaid's Tale*. It looks oh. like.
0: Uh, the picture that I saw looked like a *Handmaid's Tale* thing.
1: Okay. Uh, speaking of *Lord of the Rings*, Will Poulter has dropped out.
0: He was cast as one of the main guys, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, he was maybe supposed to be the main guy. Oh. Uh. Uh-oh. So I guess s- in Paradise. I guess I guess they've scrubbed Eustace. That was a deep cut. I'm going to move on from that.
0: Eustace?
1: Leave a comment if you got the joke. All right. Uh Matrix Matrix 4 has a release date for May 2021.
0: And it's the same day as John Wick 4.
1: Ah god damn it oh did you not know that i did know that okay that is hilarious yep
0: we're just gonna get a whole bunch of keanu reeves yep all in one day everyone let's just call that day keanu reeves day and let's just all like we should get a paid holiday at work we should all just go see his movies
1: yeah okay fair enough
0: and they're both the fourth one
1: yeah so they are look at him go Maybe they should uh, expedite the schedule for Bill and Ted 3 so they can put out Bill and Ted 4 on that day also. Because <gasps> that seems possible. Yeah. Put out two movies in a year and a half.
0: <laughs> what else has he been in? Uh, they should do uh, two and Constantine 2 and 3. <laughs> like at
1: Constantine 4. Uh, that was him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: what else has he done?
1: I don't know. I give up. Moving on. Uh, speaking of release dates, uh, Flash has a release date again. Does for it? July 2022. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Seems like that happens, has happened a lot. Yeah. Um, they
0: should do February twenty second. So it's two twenty two twenty twenty two.
1: That would make more sense for a Two Face movie.
0: <gasps> what if the Batman sequel happens on that day and it's about Two Face?
1: That'd be that'd that'd be something.
0: I'm gonna look up like. Uh,
1: Batman doesn't come out till like November though, does it? Yeah, or, but
0: it's also only twenty twenty, so they've got two years to do.
1: 2022 yeah wait batman can't come out in november that's when number wonder woman comes out i think
0: think, yeah i don't know where's where's february 22nd
1: um february
0: 22nd's a tuesday that's not happening
1: (laughs) well unless you're a transformers movie that's true
0: anyway moving on
1: uh one more thing i got a quote from taika waititi on the new thor movie that should get people excited quote the next thor film i'm uh, i should do this in a taika waititi voice The next Thor film I'm doing, basically, we're sort of launching ourselves on this adventure film, really. That was the thing I really loved about doing Ragnarok. It felt like we were just putting Thor on a really cool adventure. There's all these, like, new things to see and do, and this one I think we're going to double down a lot on that and have it bigger, bolder, and brighter. There's just going to be some really crazy stuff in the film.
0: All right, you have a really good starting point. Yeah, just start do what I did with my Midwestern accent mm-hmm. and just start talking. Uh, whoa, what was that? Start talking and everything, everything with that Midwestern accent, or start talking with your take of a Dee Dee voice, and eventually it'll uh yeah, it'll start. Uh, it's, it's filling in there.
1: It's rusty. It's been better than it is right now. I've been working too much on my Australian accent, and yeah. so that was kind of bleeding close, in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Uh Thor, it's gonna be a fun adventure gonna be crazier than the last one which is kind of saying uh, yeah, something you sure yep all right uh that's all the news i got you got any warmer news nope okay
0: let's do what you hate <laughs> so we're doing having, so having concluded both the lord of the rings series we had this idea to kind of do uh so it was episode <clears throat> it was part one part two and part three this is part three b where we talked about Lord of the Rings. Part three was talking about Lord of the Rings and how the, books, how, how the book affected, like the, the transition from the book to the movie. We didn't talk about The Hobbit. Matt hates The Hobbit more than I think I've seen most people hate anything ever. It's bad. <laughs> the Hobbit is Matt's nemesis. So what we decided to do is this is going to be that Lord of the Rings series series part three B. Which is basically the books of the, the book of the Hobbit going into the three movies. It's also part one of a prolonged series we're gonna do of the things that we hate. <laughs> um, we need to come up with a better name for it, but I like something along the lines of like the things we hate. Yep. Um,
1: these are a few of my least favorite things.
0: These are a few of my least favorite things. <laughs> so Matt, Matt's do we came up with this. On Sunday, mm-hmm. when uh, two hours after the episode was supposed to come out. Yep. Um. So Matt had to kind of quickly put this together to make up for that. Over the course of 2020, about every two months, I'm going to do an episode breaking down each series of the CW shows <laughs> and why I hate them. <laughs> I'm giving myself 2 months in between because I want to actually read all the source material if I can. So, I've I've already started reading Green Arrow stuff.
1: Okay. Um you're just never going to finish that stack of comics, are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's uh, I'm done with school essentially. It's true. I'm about to have a fuck ton more time. Okay. And on my way to work today, I had a like I had the biggest desire to read comics a bigger a bigger desire to read comics than I have had in a long time. All right. So it's there, and it's going to start kicking in. Okay. Um, the, the problem is I'm going to be reading Green Arrow Online because I don't have the books. Uh, I, don't, I currently have an, a whole bunch of money to buy the books, mm-hmm. but I do want to buy the books. Okay. So I'm probably going to read the books that I'm not going to buy immediately, but I would like to buy the 80s run of him. Okay. Which is the the iconic one, the one that gets like mm-hmm. super dark sometimes. Okay, fun, fun. I'm gonna read the Kevin. I'm not gonna buy the Kevin Smith stuff. Uh-huh. I'm gonna read it. Yeah, um, online. Th- that
1: that sounds like the safe decision.
0: But I started watching Green Arrow.
1: Not, it's not just, I started it's, watching Arrow. Not what it's called. This is not this episode's topic. I know. Contain sorry. yourself. I'll, I'll talk about that. It was kind of <laughs> it was kind of
0: part of the watchmen up too. Real quick, it had so much potential to be a good show, especially the first two seasons. Did it. The stories are interesting. Are they? They kind of are. Like this, are you this sure? idea that he has to completely like the conversation he has with his dad's tombstone where it's like in order to like honor your memory I have to deface your legacy. Is kind of an interesting dynamic. Cuz like his dad wants him to make the make the state or make the make the city a better place, mm-hmm. but to do that, he has to embarrass his family and be besmir- 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 his dad's name. Yeah. That's a really interesting dynamic. So that's a good route The acting, the writing, the music, the parkour The fucking, the fighting, fucking everything else About it's goddamn garbage But it's mm-hmm. an interesting route Matt The Hobbit
1: Buckle up, Buttercup How good
0: of a movie is it?
1: <laughs> series the of worst Let me just say, before I really dive in here well, well, I had
0: where, a... where are we right now? I'm gonna say, we're at, we're at one hour You've got one hour
1: Okay <laughs> Before before I even dive in, let me say I had already watched the prequels this weekend, so I was not having a great weekend content wise. Revenge is good, Attack of the Clones is not, mm-hmm. Phantom Menace is really not. Um, and then, in order to do research, I felt like I had to watch a couple of scenes from The Hobbit, and oh, oh Matt, it, you poor baby, I just I forgot how bad some of the moments are in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I will I will get to these moments in particular, but I watched Legolas jumping up the things, Good. and the best scene ever. And I watched the the scene where Smog chases the dwarves around the inside of the Lonely Mountain, and then gets covered in molten gold, and then flies off. Yeah. So let's talk big picture, shall we? Cool. The first major problem and the big change that they made from the book is they took a. 250 page or 300 page I actually have a copy right here I can tell you how many pages this stupid book is I like this book, this, a good is a good, book. Yeah. this is a good book it's a 305 page book they turned a 305 page children's book that like does sort of the tri- typical 30s children's book thing where it like talks to the reader and is very nice and friendly and it's got very episodic and fun and they turned that into a nine hour monstrosity of a trilogy that has none of the tone of children's books except when it does and it's sort of like can't decide which one it wants to be so, that's the first major change. and so That's a they that's a pretty essentially
0: bad. It one. actually went 100 pages per book. Yep. Meanwhile, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix was an 800-page book.
1: It's a 2-hour movie, pretty much flat. It's the shortest hour movie. Yeah. So that's uh, one of
0: the best movies in my opinion. I will not argue that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially following one the one the worst one. Yeah. But, so it's good it's it's possible to take 800 pages and put it into one movie. Keep a lot of the essence
1: and mm-hmm. make it a good movie. Yeah.
0: Why didn't they do that?
1: Why didn't they do a 300? Count of Monte Cristo takes a 1,250-page book and coalesces it into a solid two-and-a-half-hour movie.
0: I forgot that movie exists. I literally have Count of Monte, Crystal in my, Crystal, Monte Cristo in my car right now. Oh. It's in case I ever get stuck, like, stranded. I have uh-huh. a book that I can, like, read if I have no, like, internet or anything.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's a that's probably I don't have,
0: idea. like, food or water. Mm-hmm but I'll be entertained.
1: (laughs) It's a really entertaining one. Uh... So one of the reasons they were able to flesh out this this thin little children's story with a few delightful characters is by adding in a whole bunch of characters that had no business being in this story. Such as? Such as Galadriel and Saruman just showing up there because they were in the the original Lord of the Rings series and people wanted to see them doing some fighting and fighting the Necromancer. Speaking of which, Sauron, why the heck is Sauron in this? That's a good question. He he sort of shows up in the book under the name of the Necromancer. Gandalf says at one point, I'm going to go fight the Necromancer. It's going to be fun.
0: Cool. Isn't and, he pretty much, like, super, super dead right now? Who? Like, he's still recovering from
1: Sauron? Sauron, yeah. No, like, he in the book, he's the necromancer, he yeah. goes to Dol Guldor, the White Council drives him out, he flees to Mordor. They don't know it's Sauron, though. Because uh... that kind of makes some major plot problems for Lord of the Rings, then. Mm. Where, like, Gandalf's like, oh, hey, Sauron is out there, and I know where the ring is. I'm just gonna fart around for a few years and wait for the plot to get into dire straits before I start actually doing anything. Yeah. So they just did that because they wanted to a, give it more of a dark adventure movie feel like the Lord of the Rings. And then also be because they wanted to actually call back to the Lord of the Rings trilogy and shove these characters in because you can't sell toys. If you don't have the characters in the movie, mm-hmm. they shoehorned Frodo into it, which you know, I don't hate. It's just kind of a cameo at the beginning, yeah. but like, it's still not necessary symptom of a greater disease. Legolas showing up 50 years before he shows up in Lord of the Rings, looking 10 years older and 10 pounds heavier uh, <laughs> and able to jump up falling rocks because that makes sense. Cause physics is now broken in this universe. That's, no. you know, it's got magic and monsters, but it's supposed to sort of play by the real rules he, of physics at the very least.
0: Si- if he's less dense than snow, then he can do that.
1: Doesn't stop it from looking Oh, no, it balls. looks like shit.
0: It looks like complete <laughs> shit. I can do better with Microsoft Paint.
1: Let's point out that he he pops up the thing and, like, jumps up there and then kills a troll, which was, like, looking at him hop up this thing for 15 seconds, it could have just swatted him off into oblivion. But then, no, he wouldn't have showed up in the Lord of the Rings, so they couldn't have done that. They That's... couldn't have made an actual logical conclusion that would have made the fight seem feel like it had any
0: stakes. It's like how an enemy in every single video game always stands on the ledge. Yep. And they never look down. My hands are literally right there by your feet. Look down 60 degrees and you'll fucking see your doom.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, like, it's looking at him, too, as he hops up there. Yeah. It's, oh, so dumb. Like, Radagast! They shoehorn Radagast into this, which, you know, he's hes a wizard. He's supposed to be... He's not
0: even Lord of the Rings.
1: He's mentioned... Is he? By, like, yeah. There's, like, a couple sentences. In the book? Yeah. Oh. Mention him by name. He's not in the Lord of the Rings movies, but they shoehorn him in because, hey, this character exists, and we can put bird poop on his head, and it'll be funny for the eight-year-olds. Yeah. And so they take this guy who's like, he's an actual wizard. He's like, he's not quite as powerful as Gandalf or Saruman, but he's on par with these guys. He's mm-hmm. basically a minor god. Yeah. And they turn him into a drug-smoking, dirty hippie with bird poop on his hat. Hey. And he drives around in a rabbit horse sleigh. Rabbit rabbit drawn sleigh. Rabbit, you, John. you know... I
0: rabbit horse sleigh,
1: the the level of just internal dissonance in this movie, the fact that it can't decide on a tone, is nowhere more evident than the sci- than the scene where Gandalf and Radagast roll up to Dol Guldur to fight Sauron, the literal most powerful bad guy in the universe, in a rabbit drawn sleigh. Who thought that was a good idea? Why did you think? Imagine uh, just
0: imagine, Aragorn's final speech, and as he like he turns around and goes Frodo, turns around and you just see like from the <laughs> side you just see Radagast with rabbit drawn sleigh. <laughs> Let's get him!
1: <laughs> <sighs> would totally kill the mood, wouldn't it? Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it 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 makes it just terminally unserious if you want to do it like a children's movie fine that's not a terrible addition i like i don't like it i think it's dumb i think it butchers the character of radagast but it's in keeping with the children's book spirit it's not in keeping with the epic lord of the rings spirit that you're trying to convey with this whole massive let's go fight sauron scene that they managed to cram in there Mm -hmm. that oh that's a lot of green screens it's bad it's Mm -hmm. so bad
0: it's like the prequels
1: yep speaking of shoehorning in characters they also managed to butcher pretty much every character that's actually in there uh, just in the in the in the movie they completely change him so thorin is a dwarf so they basically make him short aragorn yeah in the book he's a dwarf he's not he's like he's he's good-looking dwarf-wise but he's not short aragorn mm-hmm. he's uh, he's greedy and he's kind of clumsy uh, and he, um, you know, he's, he's got some character flaws. There's a lot of tension between him and Bilbo. He doesn't like Bilbo very much. He doesn't think he deserves to be along. And they sort of try to do that in the movie, but it doesn't, it's, it's, it feels weird. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a greedy dwarf trying to push off this burglar. He doesn't think it's gonna be helpful. He thinks it's going to get in the way of him reclaiming his birthright. It feels like Aragorn is now condescending and mean. What? Yeah. I don't understand. Um, Bilbo is kind of butchered like the, the whole point of his character is supposed to be, he's going from a hobbit, just kind of a very timid, sit at home, soft round roundabout middle kind of guy to sort of coming out of his shell and developing as a character. The problem is they change several of the key scenes along Bilbo's development in order to make that arc disappear. Mm-hmm. So for example, the, the scene right near the beginning where there's all the trolls gathered around and um, in the, in the movie, the way they do it is the trolls eat the ponies or something, so they all go up and they fight them. And yep. I, I don't even remember. I've completely blocked these movies out for the most <laughs> part. I, most of this is just me looking at summaries yeah. and of stuff. Um, in the book, they're getting rained on, they're wet, they try to set up shelter, try to start a fire, it's not really working. They see a fire, and they say, hey, Bilbo, we hired you to be our burglar on this, because you're small and light-footed. Go steal that fire. Go... Yeah, pretty much. No, no go go, go go climb up there. See who's up there. See if they look friendly. See if they might be willing to share some fire and food with us. He crawls up there. He sees some trolls. He thinks, well, you know, I'm a burglar. I'm going to try to do a little burgling because you know he's trying to come out of his shell. He's mm-hmm. on an adventure after all. He tries to steal one of the trolls' wallets because the trolls have wallets because it's a children's story. Okay, <laughs> and I need to I need to find this actual. This actual quote here, because this is. do a
0: better job of writing in your notes. I
1: I have like five pages. I have twenty two hundred words of stuff that I've mostly just copied from summaries that I want to hit. It would have been this entire book would have been sticky notes of things I want to reference. Good. Uh, Let's see. Um, mutton, mutton, mutton. They talk a lot about mutton. Uh, Um, let's see. Then Bilbo plucked up courage and put his little hand in William's enormous pocket. The the,
0: William! the
1: trolls are named Bert, Tom, and William. My
0: <laughs> God, <laughs> it's
1: such a children's book. It's completely different from like <laughs> the epic, heroic feel of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh, there was a purse in it, as big a, as big as a bag. To Bilbo, ha! Thought he warming to his new work as he lifted it carefully out. This is a beginning. It was. Trolls purses are mischief, and this was no exception. Eh. It squeaked as it left the pocket, and William turned around at once and grabbed Bilbo by the neck before he could duck behind the tree.
0: How big are the trolls supposed to be in this? Uh,
1: big. Okay. Not like massive, but maybe fifteen feet. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't think it says specifically. Um, They're when he when he first sees them, it just he sees them described as three very large persons. Okay. So. Maybe like ten feet tall. Yeah, I'd, I'd guess 10, 10 to fifteen feet. Okay. Um, yeah, this is well. For one thing, it's much more comedic, child's book kind of scene. The yeah. trolls purses are mischief. Eh, who are you? Yeah. Look at look at how it like spells it. Kind of the, maybe a third of the way down oh the page. Oh my god! <laughs> you see why I read it in that voice? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yep. It> squeaked. <laughs> my god.
1: Yeah. And so this is this is important because it's Bilbo setting out trying to actually do something bold and rather unhubbit-like. Bill Huggins? Apparently.
0: Wait, is that... Is...
1: That's William's name, I think. Wow. Yeah. No, this His is a... His name is
0: William Huggins.
1: Yeah, this is a very, very different book from Lord of the Rings.
0: Um, like I like how underlined. I met two of Elrond's people. I
1: didn't underline that. It's not oh. my copy.
0: Oh, God. There's so much... Sting,
1: oh hey, yeah. Wow. People are so. Someone noted oh. in the in the book. The point of the scene is it's Bilbo's first sort of, aside from the initial call to adventure where he literally goes out and says, "I'm going on an adventure." Yeah. Um, this is sort of his first opportunity to step out of his comfort zone, do something unHobbit like, and actually do a little burgling. Mm-hmm. And he messes up. He gets them all caught, and it and it ends badly for him. Except Gandalf come and rescu comes and rescues him. Uh-huh. In the movie. Um they all get caught and Bilbo rescues them by keeping the trolls busy until the sun shows up because Bilbo is all of a sudden he can just fix problems after walking around in the rain for 3 weeks. Good. That's not character development. That's it's almost making a Mary Sue of him. Yeah. It's it, it's not good. Um Wait,
0: so in the book the sun didn't turn them into stone. The sun does turn them into oh, stone,
1: okay. but it's Gandalf that real shows up, realizes what's going on. Bilbo gotcha. has been caught cuz you get grabbed by the throat. Yeah. Because the the, the the wallet says, Eh! Who are you? I'm so the of.
0: wallet says it? Yeah. Oh! Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> it's a children's book. It's a children's book. It is such a children's <laughs> book. <laughs> um, yeah, and so Gandalf shows up, and of course Gandalf's the wily old wizard. He keeps the trolls busy until the sun comes up, turns them on to stone. Yeah. So... That's a and then Bilbo's actual next moment of character development is when they all get caught by the spiders. and this at this point he has the ring, he puts it on, and he is able to rescue him. He's able to um, navigate fight kill even kill a couple of the spiders because he's invisible and then cut the doors down and get him loose. that's that's sort of his actual moment of coming out where the party starts to uh, recognize him as, hey, this guy's useful. this guy's actually good for something. Yep. he's not just dead weight. And so then they trust him when we get to the barrel scene.
0: Hey, hey!
1: so let's recap how this works in the movie. Uh, they get put in barrels and the elves discover that they're leaving. And also a whole bunch of orcs that just completely aren't in the book at all show up. Do you know that Azog has been dead for 150 years when this book starts?
0: I didn't even know that Azog was in the book at all.
1: He's referenced once by name. Gotcha. Um, the, so elves and the orcs are all trying to kill the dwarves that are just kind of bobbing along in barrels with the tops off. like. And then all of a sudden we have an action scene where the barrels are like bouncing out of the river and rolling and killing four or five orcs and then bouncing back into the river. God and it's it. it's the most contrived thing ever. It's like just a giant CGI wind-up contraption of nonsense. And uh, I don't know, there's Tar-El's fighting people. We'll get to her in a second. Oh okay. boy, yes, we will. Um, tar <laughs> elves fighting people and there's supposed to be emotional stakes because there's supposed to be romantic stakes. I'm, nope. Save it for the next minute, Matt. And it's just, it's a mess. It's a CGI abomination because they wanted to cram one more action scene. And it. it's just, it it's not character development. It's not driving the plot. It's just, it's useless. It's noise. In the books, they all get captured by the wood elves. Bilbo sneaks in, invisible. I believe this all happens similar in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just kind of lurking around, uh, trying to come up with some sort of plan to escape, stealing food where he can, just trying to survive. He realizes, hey, they send out these empty barrels back to Lake Town every so often. You know, we could probably sneak a few dwarves into some barrels, send them back up the river. And so he waits until the elves that are guarding the barrels get good and drunk, steals the keys, unlocks all the dwarves, put all, packs all the dwarves into barrels, drops the barrels in the river, hops on top of a barrel himself, and off they go. Nice. That's it. No action no tension really beyond the possibility that they might get caught sneaking out mm-hmm. no orcs no nonsense the biggest threat that they face is bilbo trying to stay on top of a barrel that's floating down the river <laughs> <laughs> he catches a very bad cold because of all the time spent wet and exposed oh wow that's uh yeah <clears throat> that's the worst thing that happens during that whole scene awesome um so yeah that's a again it's it's ruining another character moment for bilbo and that brings us to the sort of the the final big character moment for bilbo well one of the final big character moments and that's his scene with smog yep so they get to the mountain they figure out how to open the door and bilbo goes and he creeps down in the little lair and hey, he sees I just
0: look what i just got nice i literally just straight up open to the ch- first page of the chapter barrels out of bond yep oh wow, that's like really late that's in like the second movie isn't it
1: that's yeah it's It's kind of the climax of the second movie, I guess though creepers, creepers. in as much as there's a climax for that movie at all. Um, so he gets uh, Bilbo creeps on down, he puts on the ring he's invisible and he time for you to go to bed yep. he grabs a little golden cup. you know just I'm yep. burglar, I'm gonna burgle something Yep. and smog wakes up and he says, hmm. Someone stole my cup because he's a dragon. he knows, he knows each and every yeah. piece of everything in his hoard there's it's it's kind of children's bookies like dragon yeah. has an innate sense of when something's gone missing, uh-huh. and he says, "Okay, I know you're there i can I can hear you breathing i I can tell you're there, I can't see you. Smog's just kind of intrigued, yeah, and so. There's this great scene where they just talk back and forth for a couple pages, and Bilbo's trying to sort of riddle him and confuse him because this is apparently the way you're supposed to talk to dragons. Ah, every, everyone knows.
0: I smell you and I feel your air. I hear yep. your breath. Come along, help yourself again. There's plenty to spare. Mm-hmm. He's rhyming.
1: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's a fun little scene. There's some tension because Smog's trying to figure out who Bilbo is, and Bilbo's trying to keep Smog intrigued enough not to kill him, but. Uh, not give him so much information that he has some ability to kill him. Mm-hmm. So this is um, it's a it's an interesting sort of delicate balance. And then Bilbo oversteps at the end when he calls himself Barrel Rider, and Smog's like, oh, uh, he doesn't say anything, but he says, ah, oh, you, you came from Lake Town. Oh, okay, I get I get it. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I'm Bilbo for Barrel Rider. Let's see, it's it's a couple pages after the start of that conversation where he says, I feel you, I smell your hair, I hear you breathing. Um,
0: anyway, continue anyway. uh,
1: And then Bilbo um antagonizes him just a bit too much and makes it out through his escape tunnel just before being singed. And Smog kind of settles back down and he's like, hmm, Lake Town, hmm, yeah, yeah probably time to go kill them all and he goes and tries to kill them all good no horrific contrived action scene where there's absolutely no tension because the characters are just like grabbing onto ropes and there's pulleys and thorin literally stands on smog's nose for like 30 seconds while smog just forgets he can breathe fire and kill him in three seconds <laughs> there's like they make a whole big deal out of smog breathing fire and nearly killing him at the very beginning of this action scene uh-huh. and then spend like the rest of the scene smogs like 15 feet away His jaws are snapping at him just doing nothing yeah and then he finally starts using his fire again just as soon as they're actually safe from it and they come up somehow with this plan to capture smog or kill smog with molten gold by getting him to start the forge i i I see how in the writers' room this could have been an attractive idea, like having the dwarves do something the dwarves are good at—smithing—and yep. yep. using that to kill the dragon. There's a reason that wasn't in the book because it's nonsense. It makes no sense. It it demotivates the plot. It takes the focus away from Bilbo and turns it into another cheap action action scene at the expense of character development yep. and stakes. And it's just oh, it's it's so bad. That's 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 one of the ones I really come back to when I say this is just a horrible adaptation it's, it's basically Smog just trouncing around the inside of the mountain saying I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you and yeah. just completely failing to get them and then it gets worse because at the start of the next movie he flies off to Lake Town and basically incinerates the entire town and three passes flat yep. and Bard is sitting there trying to kill him which by the way we hadn't even met Bard until Smog goes to attack Lake Town in the book they're like, Oh yeah, there's this Bard guy. He's he's a he's a guard. He's got a grim face or something, that's how they describe him. Um and so in the movie, Smog incinerates the whole town, and Bard is like, Okay, well, there's this giant metal arrow, and if we can shoot Smog with that right in the the weak spot on his breastplate that Bilbo figured out. Um which that's some of the smart conniving that Bilbo does that makes that scene very interesting. Mm-hmm. As he's trying to figure out a weakness in smog and he says, Hey, can I look at your underbelly? I've heard that dragons are kinda of weak down there. And smog flips over and says, you know, I don't see any weakness there, do ya? That was not a Benedict that Cumberbatch. Was not. <laughs> that was bad. And Bill was like, Oh, you're so magnificent. You are you are truly tremendous. And in his head he's thinking, ah, I see a little weak patch. I see your little your little Death Star exhaust port. It's his nipple.
0: Yep. No, I, th- I, I like the exhaust port. Yeah, I think yeah. it's his butthole. Shoot him
1: right in the butthole. Yep, it's a small or Bard's like, okay, so the thrush told me to shoot him in the butthole, which is the same as in the book. Um, but in the in the book, it's just like a, a lucky arrow that yep. he goes to shoot him with. In the movie, it's like this giant metal arrow. Yeah, it's a and he has to,
0: fucking ballista arrow.
1: And there's like a giant bow he has to put on, except the bow's destroyed because the whole town is destroyed. Yeah, and so he sets it up and he puts it on the thing and the well, except the bow's destroyed. And so Smog sees him up there trying to contrive it, and Bard's son runs up there and's like, "Dad, I want to help you." And
0: like, cool, put yourself, put your face in front of this.
1: Yeah, And And he sets it on his shoulder and starts like wiring a bow string around the like a couple of posts that are standing up. And Smog sees him, and instead of you know flying over and incinerating him in three seconds, like he totally could do, he spends. I think it's literally like a full minute of screen time, just marching across the rooftops. Yep. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. And of course, predictably,
0: does he get him, does he get him? Matt? Does he get him?
1: Of predictably, Bard MacGyver's together the thing just in time manages to suit him just as Smog lunges. Good. Cause and
0: that was the end of Smog and Esgaroth, Ez- but not of Bard. Yep. Proud of me?
1: Yes. Perfect.
0: I, I have the book open to the page where Smog dies.
1: Yep. <laughs> Um, let's I see. I thought he
0: was feeling like it's buzzing like a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "What? What is going on?" But it's not. It's just it... anyway.
1: Yep. Uh, let's see. So those are, um, those are kind of some of the the major changes I think that disrupt the the character arcs. And I have a strong feeling I thing. know
0: what another major change is. What's that? Uh, the battle of the five armies. Yeah. Given that I'm on page two hundred eighty-one. And the return journey starts on 287. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming a whole movie about the Battle of the Five Armies came out of six pages.
1: Yes. Because, well, the way they describe it in the book, the whole book's from Bilbo's perspective, pretty much. And so the way they describe it in the book is Bilbo's kind of watching, and then he gets hit on the head and gets knocked out and is unconscious the whole time.
0: And wakes up. At the end of the battle. Wakes
1: up at the end of the battle.
0: So, a lot like uh, another halfling we know that gets knocked out. Yeah. And doesn't see a battle to see it. Yeah. budget.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very good. Very, Game very of wise. Thrones! Yep. Um, and so, in the movie, or of course in the book, we get to miss the um, the ridiculous Azog pretends he's dead, but then leaps out of the ice somehow yep. to grab Thor. Yeah.
0: that's how, that's, see, that's where you can go, that's how physics work. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, that makes Density. sense. Density yeah um and it uh
0: <laughs> the eagles cried bilbo once more but at that moment a stone hurtling from above smote heavily on his helm and he fell with a crash and knew no more yep when bilbo came to himself he was literally by himself <laughs> 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 that's amazing like that was the last line of the previous chapter and the first line of the return journey yep and he was lying on flat stones of Ravenhill and no one was near a cloudless day, but cold and broad above him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, he now, is?
0: now I wonder what has happened, said Robo <laughs> to himself.
1: Such a children's <laughs> book. It's fun. It's delightful. It's a real romp. Yeah. Um, I need to read it. I need to read it with you, the mindset. You really, reasons. yeah, you really should. It's, it's fun. It's got some actual like, you know, themes and character and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, it's no more than it needs to be. It's not pretentious. Um, One thing that is changed, they do have in the book that Thorin and the dwarves come out to try to help. In the movie, it's like this epic save-everything charge. In the book, it's like, we're going to be heroes, too, but we're also definitely going to die. Yeah. Just, you know, we're going to come out and do our part, but it's not going to be enough. It's not the tide-turning thing that it needs to be. Yeah. 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 All right, let me let me hit just some, some minor, le- less major changes okay. uh, that I think are also important. Um, so in the movie, uh, Bilbo acquires the ring after seeing Gollum fight with a goblin and the ring falls out of his pocket mm-hmm. and Bilbo picks it up. So Bilbo at that point knows it belongs to him. There's no sense that it actually, that it belongs to Gollum. There's no sense that it belongs to Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book, he just, He's feeling around in the dark because they're running away from the goblins and he falls. Mm-hmm. He falls off of whichever dwarfs back he's on and falls into a crevice and it's completely pitch dark. He can't see anything. Yeah. And he's just kind of feeling around and he feels something cold metal. And he's like, Oh, I wonder what this is. Picks it up, puts it in his pocket. Doesn't really think of it. Mm-hmm. Um and so when he goes up to Gollum, he's like, Oh hey, I've got this I've got this ring I've found. And he's he had not tell Gollum, of course, but he thinks about it and they do the whole riddles scene. Mm-hmm. Um and that's important because it changes how the um like how the whole dynamic is in the movie yeah. it's like hey i totally stole this ring from you yep. in the book it's like hey i came upon this ring this is mine yeah i know d- my precious yeah and so y- you so can rather see rather
0: than it being like "Huh, you're not going to know what's in my pocket it's mm-hmm. a hey, hey, guess what's in my
1: pocket yeah it, it puts much more blame on Bilbo instead of making him an unwilling agent of a nefarious ring. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that definitely cheapens that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Which the riddle scene is fairly well done in the yeah. movie. I will give it that. But that's all I'll give it. Uh-huh. Um, in the first movie, uh, you remember the scene near the end where they're trapped in the trees. And the, the it's after they get out, out of the mountains and the goblins catch up to them um and they're trapped up in the trees and the goblins are trying to burn them out
0: yeah no i don't remember that at okay
1: all. so near the end of the first movie the goblins catch up to them after they've come out of the mountains cool trap them up some chase them up some trees and start trying to burn down the trees so that uh. they can kill them um of course azog is leading the goblins in the movie because they had to shoehorn in that 2004 video game cutscene villain somewhere yeah. um and so in the book that scene without azog is just the goblins trying to get vengeance. They show up and try to burn down the trees and the eagles show up and rescue them. Just cuz the eagles are curious. The eagles. They're yeah, they're they kind of live in the that The eagles are coming. They live in that area and they see they see fire, they see Gandalf kind of throwing down sparkly magic bombs. Yep. Um and so they show up they're like, "Hey, what's going on? We like killing goblins." Well, these guys, these guys the goblins are chasing these guys. These guys must be all right. So they pick them up. They rescue them. In the movie, of course, they turned it into a massive action set piece with the ring race theme behind it for some reason, because even Howard Shore was phoning this movie in. <laughs> <sighs> um, they turned it into a action, massive action set piece, so Thorin can try to face down Azog, and Bilbo can have sort of a heroic moment that is completely out of character for Bilbo. Uh-huh. His whole thing is he is bold but sneaky. He's the burglar. Yeah. He sneaks in and steals stuff, and he plays, plays riddles games, and is is a tricky talker he is not going to get involved in a fight like that that is it's completely contrary to the whole character of bilbo that we've been building up this whole time
0: mm-hmm.
1: just a uh very bad very bad um tariel i promised i'd talk about tariel that's tariel. another that's another added character that's just completely unnecessary yeah like it makes sense to have a couple of recognizable elves among the wood elves that you can use as sort of focal points for the characters and whatnot mm-hmm. Why on earth would you have a stupid Romeo and Juliet romance between Keeley and Tariel? Yeah, it's completely pointless. And uh, the the whole "Why don't you search me? I could have anything down my trousers" line—that's not no. Not. That's uh, very uncomfortable and also completely out of spirit with the story they're supposed to be trying to tell. Yep. Um, it's a it's a forced romance. It's there's no chemistry. Writing's bad. It lends little it lends no emotional tension and just pads out the runtime and yeah. makes the movie drag even more useless uh let's see um... ah! <laughs> I'm gonna cut this down so I try to keep it quiet. <laughs> Uh Yeah. Um the whole character of Smog is just miswritten. Um in the books, he's smart. He's cunning, he's trying to outplay Bilbo at his own game of riddling, and he's a massive destructive force of nature. In the movies, for a little while, he's cunning, trying to outplay Bilbo at this little game of riddles, and then he just turns into this big blundering fool that yep. as I've described already. And that's taking an interesting villain because not only is he a giant, terrifying monster, but he's a giant, terrifying monster that's smarter than you. Yeah. And will outthink you, will find your weakness. Mm-hmm. And they basically just turned him into noise. Yeah. Just a like an Oliphant, a giant yeah. thing that's just going to blunder around and maybe get lucky and kill you. It, it's It's butchering that. Yep. Um... I think that's I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to hit, but I can, I mean, I could go on for years about this stuff, but those are kind of the major points I think.
0: Is your favorite part of the movies?
1: Uh,
0: I'm expecting you to do this to me for all the all the CW stuff. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I think what we should do is like at the end of it, we should because my goal initially, I was thinking about this today. I wanted to try to get you to curse. Mm -hmm. By just, like, poking at all the things that you hate. Mm -hmm. But, like, you're pretty already heated as it is, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how it would make that worse. So I'm going to just try to see, like, I'm going to try to, like, go the other way. Okay. So what was your favorite part of the movies?
1: Um, Not how the dwarves look, that's for sure. They all look like cartoons, and it's stupid. Gimli looked like a real actual dwarf in Lord yeah. of the Rings and all the other like little ancillary dwarfs. Yeah. They look like real actual dwarfs. They look like an actual species with mm-hmm. history and character and personality, not these doofy cartoons. It's stupid. And I hate it.
0: Okay. So what was your favorite part of the movie? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, definitely not how the, the only added themes of music were just completely phoning in because like i said even howard shore is phoning this in he didn't want to be here peter jackson didn't want to be here ian mckellen didn't want to be here like there's some there's some behind the scenes footage of him just almost breaking down because he's confused and he's angry and there's green skiing all around him he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing yeah and it's just it's depressing yeah there's so much just like sketchy stuff behind the scenes in these Mm -hmm. um uh, Lindsay Ellis has a great video trilogy on The the Hobbit, both the movies and the behind-the-scenes sketchiness. Mm-hmm. Um, just just bad.
0: So what was your favorite part of the movies?
1: Uh, the riddle scene is not bad. Okay. Um, I would, I'll admit to that. Um, the dwarves sitting around singing the Misty Mountain song, that, if the dwarves actually looked like real dwarves, would have been a real powerful, good, like quiet moment. Yeah, This is who the dwar- dwarves are. They might be kind of silly and goofy because they're dwarves and they're greedy and they're flawed but
0: they care about their heritage they care
1: about their heritage they've got it it's got some real gravitas to it with that song it's a it's a good song it's a that's like the one good tune that came out of these um i like the way smog looks i think he was done pretty well visually and benedict cumberbatch as badly as that character was written benedict cumberdick oh okay as badly as that character was written, he went all out and had a lot of fun with oh, it. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Just, like, sprawling on the floor. Yep. Crawling around. Yeah. What a guy. I'm
1: I'm, I'm impressed with that.
0: There's only a small leap from that to uh, Stephen Hawking.
1: Wow. Ooh. He didn't play Stephen Hawking.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: That was Eddie Redmayne.
0: No, I'm pretty sure he did. No. Who did he play? Alan no, Turing. I'm pretty certain
1: you're going to be wrong, and it's going to be embarrassing um, for you.
0: It's yes. Um, uh,
1: Martin Freeman would have been a good Bilbo if the Bilbo character were if the Bilbo character were written at all, written to have any sort of character arc, written to have any sort of what the fuck did I just hit? Sense.
0: I typoed, and I ended up ended up with <laughs> Benedict Zolani Doob.
1: What the? Fuck. Still makes more sense than the Hobbit movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have to find this. You're, yeah. you're not. I knew he played that.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, he plays Who's he playing Brexit? There's a movie about Brexit and he's got like hmm kind of bald top. I I'm probably wrong.
1: I I'm pretty darn sure you are.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. In the 2004 movie Hawking.
1: You didn't know that existed.
0: No, I have seen, I've seen the clips of him being, Uh, it's the one that he's like running after somebody and then he draws like the convergence and that's when he like learns about the big bang and he's like drawing with chalk on the ground. He's like, what's the opposite of a collapse? A bang? Oh. Suck everything, Matt. I knew something that you didn't. And that's that's all I need in life.
1: Okay. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm impressed. Good job.
0: I'm impressed in. Matt, anything else you want to say about the Hobbit?
1: I want to shoot myself.
0: <laughs> is that because of the Hobbit or is that because of me? Yes.
1: I'm going to leave that one up in the air. Cool.
0: Up in the air just like uh, Smog when he died. Wait.
1: Uh... <laughs> You know, I forgot to mention that Stephen Fry was in these movies because they dragged him in as the corrupt mayor of Lake Town instead of as a... Oh, shit. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ.
1: And his stupid, stupid... You know... Comic relief sidekick.
0: You know, you don't know this, but people who... People listening who play video games... For games that, like, you just start getting an absurd amount of money and you've already bought everything, you start spending the money on just whatever you can. Mm-hmm. So, like... In Assassin's Creed, I'll just have so much money. I'll just start buying things that I don't need. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't matter. I'm not, like... It's just to fulfill... Like, buying all the weapons. Mm -hmm. Like, rather than just buying the best one, I just start buying them all, just so I can fill out my my hideout. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if, like, Peter Jackson had so many, like, favors that he didn't need. He just started calling in favors for people to be in this movie. Yeah. And nobody gave a shit. He was just like, just... I don't know, be in this stupid movie? It's
1: the only explanation.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That was enjoyable to watch you get superheated.
1: Yeah. Anything else you want to make me talk about with regards to these movies and into no, our book? No, I,
0: I know that what goes around comes around, so I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm going I'm to tread lightly because I'm going to have to go through it about eight times.
1: Yeah, you are. Because
0: so, I've got Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, uh, Legends of Tomorrow... Um... What am I missing? Um, Uh, There's Black Lightning.
1: I've actually heard good things about that one.
0: Yeah, that one I heard good things about like the first season. Uh, What am I missing? I think that's... Batwoman. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) What we did here recently is that that they've actually made her Jewish, which is a thing in the comics Okay, that is, like, in passing, she's Jewish. Mm-hmm. So, there's...
1: Okay. Can't can't wait to see how ham-fisted that is.
0: Uh, I don't want to. So, I do have six. So, I'm going to do... I'm going to give myself until... Oh, Preston, you're not going to do this to yourself on your birthday, are you? <laughs> My birthday present to myself is talking about Arrow. Uh, yes. Let's see what February 23rd... Of February is Yep, that's That's what it's going to be My birthday's on Sunday, February 23rd, 2020 And that's, I'm going to say, end of February End of every sixth Shit (laughs) 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 And I'm going to say Batwoman for last Because it's going to be the shortest Yep. So I can, so like We can actually do it a little earlier Because The week after uh, I do the Batwoman episode Is going to be our Christmas episode. Speaking of which, next week Christmas is our episode. Christmas special. Woo! Is our third annual Christmas special.
1: I'm going to have to catch up on some movies.
0: And to people who don't know what that is, what we do for our Christmas special is we rate all of the Chrises in Hollywood based on a series of... Uh, not pre established criteria. We
1: basically just make them up on the day.
0: Yeah. Uh. So we got like the Hemsworth, the Evans, the Holland, not Chris Holland,
1: <laughs> the Holt,
0: the Holt. We got Chris Holt. We have to throw him in there now. <laughs> <laughs> we really will. <laughs> we got all the Chris's. Yep. Most of them are in the in Marvel movies.
1: Um. Chris Pine's usually not.
0: Yes. Um. Shit. We got movie. We got some movies to watch. Yeah. And I've got time now, so I'm probably gonna do it. Let's let's get together this week and watch a couple movies that we need to watch.
1: I don't have time.
0: Good. I will. Wa- Am I? Oh shit! We gotta. You and I gotta plan out being out of time, being out of town.
1: Yeah. We gotta. I mean, being out of town only- we're
0: about to both basically be fucked. Yep. For like the
1: next four weeks. Well, I'm I'm gonna be out of town for like a week and a half, yeah. and then I'm back.
0: We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out after. But anyway, shall we? We shall. We were talking about after shall we?
1: Thanks, thanks everyone for listening to me rant about how much I hate the Hobbit movies because they're stupid and dumb and like, you know, another thing. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh, for real though, like, why are all of the goblins CGI? The Uruk Hai are terrifying. The goblins are cartoons, and it's nonsense, and it's stupid, and it makes them. Like, it's like they were going for the spirit of the children's movie, except why would you have Sauron in your children's movie? Why would you have, I could have anything in my trousers in his children's movie? Because it's not a children's movie. It's a a
0: Grinch movie, but make it not a children's
1: movie. movie, Uh, Is that the Jim Carrey one you're talking about? Yeah. um, That's that's the only movie I've ever walked out of. Really? Yeah.
0: And you didn't walk out of Hellboy?
1: I was also four when I watched That's that one. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for listening to that. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean and Spotify. Man, uh, it's uh. My, my blood is up. I'm trying to contain myself right now. <laughs> uh, you, you can find us on Facebook where we occasionally post things. You can find us on Instagram where I'm going to remember to post the thing and you're going to remind me and I'm going to do it. I'm going to post shit. the stack of comics that I'm going to read. You can find us on Twitter, at JustUsLosersPod. Yes,
0: I don't do a great job of posting, but I'm going to
1: try to do a better job of posting. Sounds like a plan. You could find us... Yeah, Matt got to experience <laughs> with the thing I was just doing. No
0: one else got to see it. That was Matt's eyes
1: all <laughs> late. You can find us on Gmail, uh, JustUsLosersPod at com. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> He's fellating a recorder. <laughs> it's not a recorder! <laughs> it was... Looks like a recorder. It's a fife. It's a fife. He's fellating a fife. Hey, ah, alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's the name of the episode, fellating a fife. Yep. Um, if you've got uh, other things that the Hobbit movies did wrong, send them to the Gmail. Because I, I cannot get enough of learning more about how, all the things <laughs> these stupid, awful, atrocious, apocalyptically bad movies did wrong. They yeah. They hurt my soul. And I want other people to feel my hatred. Because I'm turning to the dark side now. That's my character arc.
0: Yes, let the hatred flow through you. I farted. My chili is flowing through
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway. Um. Next week, Christmas special. Christmas
0: special. What did you like about Chris?
1: Yeah, so tell us your favorite Chris movies, Chris moments, Chris facial hair. Um, oh yeah, we did facial hair, didn't we? Yep. <laughs> We always do. That's a that's a yeah, good one. That's a good go-to. Good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we had any Chris Penises. Last, no, we did not. Last year we did with that's Outlaw the King. One. What? What?
0: Chris Pine. He was naked. There was a comment about the penis.
1: Well, he was he, we actually saw his penis in Outlaw King last year.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, lots of penis for Chris Pine. Chris Penis.
1: That's it. That's his Chris name now. Pine's
0: penis. Pine's penis. Is, is, <laughs> oh,
1: Anagram. Thanks for listening by. Bye. Bye. That wasn't
0: too bad. I wasn't it? <laughs>